tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Uh, let's go over to Los Angeles where things are going swimmingly. Uh, they have two games under their belt. And let's be honest. I'm reveling in being right. I am reveling in the feeling of so rightness that I don't even know what to say. This is a complete and total meltdown. A complete teardown. Following an opening beatdown, which we knew was going to happen against the Warriors on ring night, the team followed it up with another nationally televised game against the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard's return. And let me tell you, depending on who you asked, because to me it went great, it did not go well. How bad did things go? Well, I tweeted out the following after the game ended, a game where they were down by 15, came back, looked like they had won the NBA Finals because they went up by one point. Uh, they, I think Patrick Beverly stood on the scorer's table, and then they proceeded to lose by six. I tweeted, if there was a book called LeBron Teams for Dummies, page one would say, surround him with shooters. Somehow Jeannie and Rob haven't gotten the memo. Went to bed, woke up in the morning, 500 quote tweets and retweets and thousands of likes, and Rob Palenka started to trend on Twitter. The world wants him gone. Because let's face it, after game one, LeBron said, hey, we don't have any lasers. We don't have anybody out here to shoot threes. We don't have any guys that uh, are 40% career three-point shooters. Uh, their Laker guards shot one for 25 from three. That's pretty bad, including an, an incredible 0 for 11 from Russell Westbrook. And all LeBron had to say, and all Russell Westbrook had to say, is we're not a team that's constructed of great shooting. No shit. I must have forgotten that watching Beverly and Westbrook miss one open, wide open look after another, people are blaming Le GM for this, saying this is the team that Le LeBron wanted, that, hey, don't blame Rob Palinka, blame Le GM. And so I thought about this. Have you ever seen those, like, SVU episodes 
or like Law and Order where the, there's a murder and it's just too perfect. The crime is just too perfect. Like the body's there, dead, with blood. The murder weapon's there with DNA and fingerprints. On the coffee table is the matching fingerprint test result of the perpetrator. In the corner of the bedroom is a, the perpetrator sitting on the table or sitting on the bed with his hands tied up and uh, like a handcuffs sitting there with the note that says, I did it. And you're like, open case, closed case. That's right. So that's kind of what this LeBron thing is. LeBron James having a team full of non-shooters, not just good shooters versus elite shooters, like very bad shooters, all of them, led me to believe, is this something that's too clean of a case? Is there a conspiracy, a brewing? Why would LeBron James, one of the most powerful athletes in the world, sign off on a team of full of non-shooters that not just don't, aren't great shooters, they love to chuck, and they look bad doing it. He's a smart guy, one of the better IQs in the league. So why would he do that? And then a conspiracy rolled over my body. Like if the creator herself was speaking in my ear directly. Like the beam of energy people talk about when they get abducted by aliens, folks. I now know what's going on. First and foremost, we've talked about this before. LeBron James is a guy that we know loves attention. He likes the spotlight. A guy we know is never going to win the undisputed GOAT debate title. Never, based on rings alone. So he has to just basically break every individual record set on planet Earth in the NBA. He's nipping on the heels of the all-time scoring record. By who? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another Laker. So LeBron James, in the Laker uniform, is trying to beat and break the record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his 20th year. Who knows how long? It's going to be until Father Time takes over, start breaking his body down. There's an entire national advertising campaign about this right now. LeBron James literally battling Father Time as played by Jason Momoa. It's on his mind. What's the one thing that slows that possibility down and allows maybe an injury, catastrophe from stopping this? Sharing the ball with a bunch of lasers. A bunch of scores, a bunch of bucket getters. With a team full of non-shooters? LeBron can blissfully shoot and score 35, 45 points per night, and nobody will call him a ball hog. They'll say that he is dastardly undermanned. He is trying desperately to get this team to be competitive. No one will even say a word about him holding on to the ball like his life has depended on it. Plus, we know he won't have to go deep into the playoffs. His season ends in April. What does that mean? Well, we know playoff scoring doesn't matter for the title. But more so, like I said, his body. His body now gets April through October to rest, rejuvenate, and take whatever gin blood that Tom Brady is taking to regenerate himself for the rest of time. Good players increase the probability of playoff appearances, which only hurt his GOAT argument because he has a bunch of playoff appearances and no titles. Just take the playoff appearances out. Just take that out. He's going to put more tread on his tires. 
What are the point of the playoffs if LeBron James isn't going to win it all? We've cracked the code. That's got to be it. Why else would LeBron James have the worst shooting team in NBA history? What if Rob Plinka isn't doing his job poorly? What if Rob Plinka is doing his job to perfection? Bet you haven't thought about that. Think about that while we talk about the Golden State Warriors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good news and bad news out of Golden State. The good news. The Warriors back-to-back championship off to a hot start. The team looked absolutely unstoppable, and that is with Clay on a minute's restriction. The bad news. Draymond Green's still in the doghouse. He's probably making things worse right now. He's probably got a television crew recording part two of his documentary right at this very second. It's not about the punch anymore, I don't think, either. I think it's just the tone-deaf reaction to it all. The backlash to the punch and just lay down. Lay down and take, take your punishment. Atone. Don't clap back. Don't make excuses. No content. No new media. Just be quiet. Shh. Be quiet for a while. I talked about this on the last pod, so I'm not going to go through the details. It was terrible. But Zach Lowe has now reported that things are frosty as fuck in the dub nation. This is what he said. If anything, I think we may be underplaying the level of iciness and tension that they are navigating right now. And that's not to say, are they going to trade Draymond? Everything I've heard is that they're not trading Draymond. They're just not going to. They're trying to win the championship. And we'll try to ride it out unless something drastic happens. But Draymond is going to be on the team all season. Locked on Warriors host, Cyrus Satsats. He also talked about this. He said there is zero healing right now going on between Draymond and Poole. He said, I've had sources tell me behind the scenes Jordan Poole has not forgiven Draymond. They haven't spoken. Wow. He's not happy. I don't know how you could be. It's a horrible look. The image of it is awesome awful it's borderline emasculating yes Jordan Poole got knocked out he got knocked down whatever you would say I'm not sure if he was unconscious that's only you know between Jordan Poole and his medical team but I am absolutely shocked that Jordan Poole hasn't forgiven Draymond for just sunning him and punching him in the face as for the Draymond documentary by the way it was entirely filmed conceived finished in the seven days that he was away from the team Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr hasn't seen it. They didn't even know that it happened until, I don't know, the media asked him about it afterwards. They were like, huh? Steph Curry said he hadn't seen it. He also said this, which was kind of a warning. He's been in production with the new media stuff, and I'm sure that's not going to end, but hopefully everything is in light of trying to protect the team and make it about what we're trying to do on the floor as the priority. Let me just let you in on a little secret, Steph. It wasn't about that at all. (laughs) It wasn't. There was no protection for the team. It was protection for Draymond. Draymond was about himself. Man, there's a ton of think pieces out about this. Like, why would he do it? What was the purpose? But that's really not the question to ask. The question 
that we have to ask is, should we actually believe Draymond that he cares about this interaction in any way, that he was appalled by his own actions? Was he really sorry? Was he spending his time away uh, reflecting? Because if the first thing you do when you get pushed away from a team, whatever, it was mutual, but it wasn't, right? So the first thing you do is you call your agent and you set up a meeting with Omaha Productions and then you call TNT to say, hey, I've got a seven-minute documentary to put on top of the documentary you guys are already making about me. Can you have a film crew come over to my house for the next seven days while I'm away until I come back for a ring night? That doesn't tell me you're, you're like thinking about being very zen. You know, it doesn't feel like you're looking inward. It feels like you're kind of trying to push your own agenda and using your relationship with TNT to push said agenda to make you look better, probably to increase the value of your contract or increase your brand or who the hell knows what. But listen, when you don't tell the Warriors ahead of time you're going to do this, oh my God, that is night, night, sleep mag. That's a bad look even to me, the sole fan on Draymond Island. We got to watch this one. I don't know how it ends. Quick update on Jay Crowder. For those who don't know, Jay, Jay Crowder is sitting out until he gets traded because the Suns aren't paying him what he's worth. They won't give him a starting role, and this has created yet another locker room issue for the Suns. And with the Aiton drama bubbling, they do not need this. No, no, no. Even if Aiton said, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's good now. We're back to normal now. I do not believe that. Normal is not a word that we can use to describe anything that's going on in Phoenix. When you have a point guard that grinds his teammates down to dust, you've got an owner who's currently selling the team because of all the isms, when you've got a big man who is the number one pick who you couldn't even muster up enough enthusiasm to offer him a contract until he was offered by another team, and now another player who's holding out, actually not even holding out. You've told him just to stay away from the team, which is fucking weird. It's fucking weird. A new article dropped yesterday from my guy, Jake Fisher, exploring how weird the whole situation has gotten. Since Phoenix decided to replace Jay in the starting lineup with Cam Johnson, we knew he was going to want to trade. They're not going to offer him $10 million a year, which is what he's getting paid now, to sit on the bench. So if Phoenix doesn't want Crowder and Crowder doesn't want to be there, what's the problem? Well, Jake says the Suns, rather famously, may spend less on resources than any rival draft scouting and evaluation. Phoenix is curiously the only team in the NBA that does not owe any outgoing picks from previous trades or have any incoming picks on the horizon. The Suns' front office appears to operate on one-year schedules where each campaign is its own trip around the Monopoly board with its own set of resources to reach go once again in prosperity. That way, you're never asset-strapped with only distant first-round draft picks to upgrade your roster. What does that mean? It means they do not care that Jay Crowder's sitting there at home on the bench and they do not care about trading him. And what's very bizarre is why the Suns have banned Crowder from being around the team, period. I don't know what that's about. He'd be very helpful at a time when Cam Johnson just goes down with a thumb injury. All of a sudden, maybe Jay Crowder can increase his value by, I don't know, starting some games. Where is he going to end up? Well, looks like he's going to land in Miami as P.J. Tucker's replacement. Actually, it's not really P.J. Tucker's replacement, is it? It's... It's... P.J. Tucker replaced him, and so he is replacing himself. Yes. Yeah, he is. So Jay Crowder was there when they went to the finals. 
Then he left to go to Phoenix because Miami wouldn't pay him. And then now P.J. Tucker moved on for greener pastures. So he is he is his own replacement. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah, very strange things, though, happening in Phoenix.